something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. I won't let my body outweigh Outweigh everything that I'm made of Won't spend my life trying to change I'm learning to love who I am I get strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the mirror while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Okay, welcome to Outweigh. Today, Lisa and I are excited to be joined by Eileen Smith. And Eileen is a somatic experiencing practitioner, SEP. And so, Eileen, quickly before we get into our chat, can you just share with people what it is that you do? Because you know, I feel like I'm well-versed in a lot of therapy and I personally had to look this up and I was very intrigued. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to talk to you both. So a little bit about somatic experiencing and we, as we call it in the community, SE work. You know, we talk a lot about therapy and the cognitive piece and, you know, all these therapies like cognitive behavior therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, psychodrama, all of that is what 
we call a top-down approach. So we're approaching therapy from our highest level of functioning, from working with like the prefrontal cortex and our executive thinking, right? So the, the idea in those kinds of therapies is that if we change the way we think, we'll change our behaviors. Somatic experiencing and top and bottom up approaches actually approach therapy from a more primitive part of the brain where trauma resides. So if you break the brain up into three parts, you have like what we call the reptilian brain, which is our survival brain. Um, Then we have our emotional brain and then the top, the executive functioning. We're approaching it from the survival part of the brain, because if you really look at this carefully, at least, you know, working with eating disorders, I've never seen an eating disorder patient that doesn't have a history of trauma. And that trauma energy gets locked in the body. And when we go into our survival states of fight, flight, and freeze, it's all body-based, right? Because the language of that part of the brain is sensation. Think about reptiles. So that's the difference between approaches like somatic experiencing and more top-down approaches. I hope that made sense because, I mean, there's so many different directions I could go in with it. You did a great job explaining it. And I think what I'd like for you to define for us next is some people may not really think that they have trauma because they, for whatever reason, perceive it to be this big thing that has to happen. But can you share with us how you define trauma and then maybe how there's big T and little T, like there are various types of trauma. It doesn't mean that you've had to experience some huge thing or you can compare it to someone else's trauma and then think that you don't really have it. Sure. So we often think of trauma as an event, but trauma is really the energy that gets locked in your body around real or perceived threat. And that's why many times 10 people can have the same experience and have 10 different reactions to that experience. And the way an event becomes traumatized is how quickly we bounce back from an event, how safe we felt after the event and how resilient we felt going into the event. So it's not necessarily the event, but it's that energy that gets locked in there. And, and the way it gets locked in there has to do with these variety of reasons like that I'm mentioning. We're all familiar with PTSD, right? And so we think of PTSD, right? It's an acute event. Complex PTSD is a series of stressors that you experience early on in your life. And I mean, it could be later, but generally it's early on. So it can be, it can start in utero. It can start from a mother having a very stressed nervous system and that impacts the baby. It can be birth trauma. Um, Something as simple as pushing off the vaginal walls is regulating for a baby's nervous system. So a C-section, early operations, a mother who's in um, a, a lot of, distress, you know, after the baby is born. So all of those things are um, going to impact the baby's nervous system and possibly cause some trauma, but it goes even further than that. Um, Now your child's growing up in a house, maybe there's chaos, um, there's abuse, there's neglect, maybe there's alcohol, but when a child is raised in an environment that doesn't feel safe, it often is the beginning stages of what we call complex PTSD. 
And when there's complex PTSD, what does a child do when they don't feel safe? They're going to go into survival and they're going to do everything they possibly can to feel safe. So they're going to give up their autonomy. So they're not going to show their emotions because maybe that is what creates the abuse. And they're going to do everything they can to be aligned with their primary caregiver to feel safe. And that, that often means really giving themselves up. If those things don't work, what happens? A child might go into fight or flight. If that doesn't work, their system shuts down and they go into freeze. So you can see that they're going into these survival states. That's like the gist of complex PTSD. And I've seen over and over is is that when there's been complex PTSD and an individual has detached from their body, it often manifests as an eating disorder because the eating disorder is just simply a way to try to regulate a dysregulated nervous system from an SE perspective. I just want to highlight that you said very early on when talking about trauma, that it could be a result of a perceived or a real threat. I feel like we glossed over that. And I think the word perceived is a really important one, especially for me. Um, I grew up, you know, with a roof over my head, physical safety, no signs of neglect or abuse in the way that we typically think of trauma. And at the same time, I do recognize that there was a lot of trauma in the way that I grew up. And as a result of trying to find safety, I developed signs of disordered eating. I mean, I think it's a complex, it doesn't just involve the trauma, but I think Mm -hmm. for all of our listeners, just to give yourself a moment to recognize, you know, okay, hey, maybe there is some trauma in your life. Maybe it's worth taking a look at how your nervous system, how your body is responding to events before your mind is and giving yourself permission to say, hey, life was kind of hard, even if it wasn't hard in a movie script type of hard type of way where it's so dramatic. And I just I just wanted everyone to kind of just hone in on that important fact. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. 
If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I talk about the nervous system a lot. I spend a lot of time regulating mine, and that is a topic that you just brought up and what this whole thing is about. So can you kind of break down to us what a regulated versus dysregulated nervous system is? I'm only I'm laughing and I'm smiling because I think that when we've had disordered eating, it's just an ongoing process to try to regulate the nervous system. A regulated nervous system can manage intense emotions and come out the other side without total dysregulation. So when our nervous system is regulated, I'd like to use this term, we have a greater window of time tolerance to manage stress. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have stress in our life. That is part of life, but it's, it's how we move through the experience and our ability to stay present with the stress and not go into completely maladaptive ways of dealing with the stress. When the nervous system is regulated, we tend to be able to stay more connected. We're more functional. We're more in social, in our social engagement systems. So several things when we're regulated will come online. We're, we sleep better. Our physiology feels better. Our digestion is better. So it's a combination of all those things. But you know, I just think the big thing to think about is that everything in, in the way you're moving through your life 
uh, feels balanced. I feel like when it comes to managing stress um, on a day to day, it's very easy to go through a checklist of things on a random day and kind of feel like, okay, I'm doing my stress management techniques. I'm breathing. I'm going for walks. I'm doing my gratitude journal from Amy. I'm, you know, doing all the things that feel good. And then for me, again, somebody who hasn't had those big T's, as our friend Kat calls them, big traumas. We have, have a lot of little T's. If that little T trauma button is hit, it usually comes out of nowhere and, mm-hmm. you know, flips me on my head and I feel like I'm at square one. It, it's such a nervous system response that can make you feel like a failure at taking good care of yourself. How can we learn to better become aware of the hot buttons, I guess, so that they don't feel so hot? So I think the big thing with this, right, like healing is such a journey, right? The stressors are going to come and we're not always going to manage them exactly the way we want to. But if you continue to do all those things that whether it's a breath work or yoga or, you know, the variety of different things that we do to to keep ourselves present that it's almost, it's like building a muscle, right? Like each time, like my guess is where you are today and how, how quickly you can bounce back when you get out of balance is very different than where you were five years ago or 10 years ago before you started this healing journey. And I think it's really important for people to realize that we didn't get to where we are overnight. So we can't expect to be let's just say healed overnight. It's really, it's, it's a process. It takes a long time. You know, I think about things like my own journey, right? I've had, let's just say every, every version of an eating disorder other than bulimia, because I hate throwing up. So, you know, for me early on, being out of behaviors for two days was a victory. And then five days was a victory. Then, you know, a month was the victory. So I think we have to really look at it as knowing that like, even we get off balance, it's how quickly we get back on track is, is an indication of where we are. I think it's a much better way to look at it um, and to see our progress. I read a book, Brain Over Binge, and she would talk about the, I think it was the reptile brain. Reptilian brain, yeah. Yeah, the reptilian brain that I was having to rewire innocence and everyone might be different, but this is what she suggested in the book. And I tried it and it happened to work for me. But when I would go towards the pantry, right, because I would find myself in a binge cycle, but a lot of times too, because I was restricting and then I didn't realize the two went hand in hand. (laughs) Um, So every time I would stop at the pantry and walk away, like I would stop and breathe and walk away. Every time I didn't open the door, I was reworking that part of the brain of like, you're not in control. And now it's been a couple of years since I read it. So I'm, I'm paraphrasing. She definitely had a lot of thought and some science that went behind this. But like, mm-hmm. for me, I just remember going to the pantry and walking away. And even that in itself, like I knew, okay, I'm working my brain towards this now. Then I didn't, go to the pantry anymore. But I remember her talking about that. And it's not as simple as that at all. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, because I I haven't read the book in quite a bit. Not that you've read that book, but that reptilian brain and kind of because I was restricting it, it thought I needed to eat, 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 eat. But I was having to retrain it. Right. And it makes perfect sense. So when we restrict, right, we go into that survival piece. 
And then, I, I mean, I, don't, I haven't read the book, so I don't know exactly what she's talking about. I could just tell you there's a couple of things that are coming to mind as you're sharing. The first thing is by going to the pantry and, to, and talking to yourself, you're bringing yourself back into the present moment because my guess is there was a big piece of dissociation every time you were going to and from the pantry. Yes. And you, you weren't, you weren't actually experiencing your hunger and fullness cues. You were just experiencing this dysregulated nervous system that you wanted to disconnect from your body. Like your body was that survival pieces. I, I, you know, fight or flight's not working. Okay. I'm going to go into this totally dissociated state and just try and, um, then soothe my system. In eating disorder treatment, I believe that we have to get our brains and our bodies moving in the same direction, right? Because you can know all day what to do and what not to do. It doesn't keep you out of behaviors. So calming and regulating the nervous system is going to organically start shifting the behaviors. And I think that's what she's probably talking about in the book. I'm actually now curious to go and read it. I think that it helped me to look at it from that point of view. And a lot of the tools that I've gained from Lisa as well, I used together in my work towards healing and as I'm in recovery. But being able to realize that, oh, this is just me trying to save myself, protect myself. Like this is what my body is doing to help me, even though it's not necessarily what I need to ultimately be doing, but you can look at it. I try not to have shame around it because I I did for so long, but in a way I'm like, oh, wow, I was doing what I needed to do to survive in that season of my life. And now I'm using that as kind of a chapter in my life to help me move forward in the right direction, take making the next best decision for myself. And I just want to offer people um, that hope that you can get to the other side. But when you look at it as like your body was trying and your brain and everything was trying to protect you um, because you were in the survival modes, then I guess it just, for me, it helped take away some of the shame because I was just doing the best that I could. Right. And it, it explains the physiology versus, you know, what's wrong with me. Because it really is physiology that you're talking about. It's survival phys- physiology. And our survival phys- physiology always wins. It's way stronger than any of our um, higher level functioning. Because think about it, it's it's your body trying to survive. We just had Dr. Kristen Neff on, who I don't know if you're familiar with her work in self-compassion. I know that you mentioned self-compassion a lot in your Instagram posts. There's so much wisdom in your Instagram posts. We're going to link that below. But just like Amy kind of just said, like looking at her behavior and then and seeing it through the lens of I'm doing the best that I can in this moment kind of opens the door for us to change the cognitive approach. And you have a post that I love that just says things mindful people do differently. And I saved it. And as Amy was talking about her own thought process, it's very clear that, you know, Amy, you've move through shame and then into a place where you're able to look at your thoughts a little bit differently and make a little bit of space. So, I mean, the post that you wrote says things mindful people do differently. They don't believe their thoughts and they don't take them seriously. They don't try to avoid emotions. They understand things come and go. They practice being curious. They're fully present when listening without trying to control or judge. And the list 
goes on. But for a lot of our listeners that's been on Amy's journey, you know, it's a recent-ish journey. So to really see that it starts with recognizing, oh, this is why I do this. It's okay that I do this. And now that I'm here doing this, I can talk back to these thoughts and we can kind of climb up the ladder of understanding ourselves. And I think those little things are really important to acknowledge. No, for sure. And I think, you know, it has to start with if we can name it, we can work with it. And awareness and observation, like when I work with my clients, like I can spend a really long time just helping a client learn how to simply observe because observation is what keeps us present. And without presence, we can't heal. That awareness and being able to just be with it and to just notice it and not label it or, or make up a story around it takes away so much of that charge that gets us into trouble. Because think about it, the shame is what gets us into trouble, right? We're trying to manage the discomfort around the shame. I mean, we spend so much time trying to do that. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> oh, oh, And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the somatic approach is really a bottom-up approach that you called it. So dealing with the body and then moving upwards into the cognitive portion. That's how I took that. Is that correct? Correct. Great. So for our audience that's listening and they want to know how to drop down, that might feel impossible right now. You know, so many of us are so in our heads, so struck with fear in the reptilian brain. And what are some things, some tools that maybe they can do today to soften and allow their bodies to release these emotions safely? I know that for some big T's, it might be important to caution that these things should be done with a practitioner around. But you talk a lot about touch and dancing. And I think I love those things. So if you could just speak to them. Yeah. So I think the first thing, right, there's so many, especially with eating disorders, there's such a disconnection from the body. So as I was saying before, I thought of the things that where we have to really start is in that observation because we're so stuck in the stories that we lose presence. Like I believe that when we future trip or when we go back and we ruminate about the past or we, we go into this prop, like why, 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 why? That's just taking us away from being present. So the first thing I believe that needs to happen is the dialogue with yourself needs to shift. So for example, it would simply be something like, I noticed that I keep ruminating about what happened yesterday. I noticed that I keep you know, thinking about X, Y, and Z. So that to me is step one. Along the way, I think from a nervous system reset, there's so many great exercises that one can do. And I can, you know, just give you a couple of quick ones. There's what I call it's a self-hug exercise where you're wrapping your arms around yourself and just feeling the boundaries of your body because it's so important for us to know where our bodies start and where they end. And it's very soothing to the nervous system just to hold yourself and to just touch and to be able to get connected with what your body feels like. And that might be hard for someone who's really struggling with disordered eating, but that's definitely worth a try. There's all sorts of breathing exercises. Um, One that I like in particular is what we call the VU exercise. And it's breathing in and exhaling with a VU sound. And it's like the quickest way you can just do a nervous system reset. Awesome. So those, those would be a couple of, you know, easy takeaways for your audience. 
I just feel like we might need a demonstration of the breathing vu. Can you just demonstrate it for me real quick? Funny, I just did an Instagram post and one of the exercises I did, it was, it was the vu exercise. But what you're going to do is you're going to find a comfortable seated position in a quiet space if you can. And you're just going to breathe in and you're going to exhale going vu. And so as long as you can, and, and I recommend, you know, doing it four or five times and seeing, seeing if you notice a difference in your system. I feel a system just from hearing you do that. I think that obviously there's so much science to it that I'm not familiar with on hand, but the vibration of noises like that allow the, the receiving end to even experience it. And, you know, that's what OM is about. OM, when we do it ourselves and we get that vibration, it really just changes the nervous system instantly. And it gives you your power back in the times where you feel so powerless. Again, not to say I always get it right. When those buttons are hit for me, you know, I, I snap off in other ways. But in certain instances, I find them just so incredibly healing and great reminders of how powerful we can be at taking care of ourselves in those hard times. Oh, for sure. It's, it's interesting because like the Ohm standard, it's all the same principles. It's what you're doing is you're, I mean, without getting too sciencey, you're toning the vagus nerve and the more tone the vagus nerve has, the more capacity we have to regulate the nervous system. It's, it's good stuff. Awesome. Love that. If people want to see that demonstration video, which thank you for doing that over the podcast for me, it was helpful for me to hear it because I was in my head, I was picturing like, like, once you did it, I was like, okay, I'm glad she demonstrated. But yeah, Eileen's Instagram is Eileen Smith Healing. And uh, again, like Lisa said, we'll be linking that in the show notes. And Eileen is also the author of Moving Beyond Trauma, The Roadmap to Healing from Your Past and Living with Ease and Vitality. So we'll also be linking uh, your book as well. And we just appreciate you so much for, for joining us. And I want to share something I pulled from your Instagram as well. And it was a self-reminder that you put up and it says, when we learn to feel safe enough to trust our inner voice, we're then able to develop a secure attachment with ourselves and others. That was something that I definitely needed to read. So I just wanted to say it out loud for others that might need that reminder today as well. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 